This is Timothy Zahn, author of Star Wars Heir to the Empire, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. Welcome to episode 56, the last and final episode of Star Wars Bookworms. What? <laughs> yeah, it's the last one. <laughs> I've, oh, I'm really? almost finished reading um, Sorcerer's Stone, so I think we're, we're getting close to being ready for episode one of Harry Potter Bookworms. Yes. You're almost done reading Sorcerer's Stone. I thought you read that link months ago. I had to reread it. You know, I want it to be fresh in my mind for our first episode. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I can't wait. Harry Potter Bookworms is going to be like the best thing ever. Because there's so much Harry Potter stuff coming out right now. So much. So much. Yeah, right. (laughs) So many more books that we're going to be able to talk about. We'll have seven episodes and then wait for the next book. Well, no, we'd have 14, okay, because we'd have book, movie, book, movie, book, movie. Well, actually longer than that. It'd be 15 because there's two parts for for Harry Potter 7. So it'd be 15 episodes in total, book, movie, book, movie, book, movie. You know what? It's not really that bad of an idea <laughs> just to do as <laughs> we... like a – you know how some podcasts do like a serial of shows? It's, it doesn't last forever. Like it's just like a short thing, you mm. know? I mean, 15 episodes, that's not bad. That would take us a little while, you know? So for anyone that's confused right now, what the heck we're talking about, we did an April Fool's joke on Twitter, Facebook, basically rebranded ourselves as Harry Potter Bookworms and said that Star Wars Bookworms was ending. Many of you probably saw this. And then, um, you know, it was obviously a joke, but we got some pretty funny responses out of it. Yeah, we really really did. And we we fooled a few people. Uh, we actually fooled a lot of people at least initially in their initial tweets to us they were fooled and then they went oh wait ah man (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna go back i'm gonna go back though um i have a really really good one so the very first so we we changed everything like right at midnight eastern time and i was an insomniac and i ended up being up really really late and so I, we had written a blog post on fangirlnextdoor.com and then we posted it. And so I went ahead and shared it at like one o'clock in the mornings. And so the very first response we got back, well, we got two. So the first one was from Brian Bailey. Um, he's at Balls in Play on Twitter. And he said, seriously? And he's like giving up on the galaxy far, far away. And then literally a few minutes later, he goes, ah, crap. (laughs) So you got me. Dang. And then from our friend Saf, who's at Wanderlustin, and she's a podcaster and stuff, she said, oh, wow, good luck with your new venture, guys. And then she, a few minutes later, goes, wait, this date. (laughs) And so I hadn't told you actually about this. I was rolling laughing so hard because of that. I messaged Saf. And I just sent her an emoji of, of like a little dog laughing or something. And she was like, you, you suck. <laughs> and I was just like, don't tell anybody. Because <laughs> she's, you know, obviously not on our times in our time zone. Because she's in Australia. So like everything's 
you know, she's off basically like by a day. Oh yeah. And so her, her April Fool's day was ending and ours was starting and it was pretty freaking funny. Yeah. We got a pretty big mix of response. Everything from people being really surprised. Some people actually were like, Oh cool. You guys are doing a Harry Potter show. I'll totally listen to that. We had a yep. couple of people that are actually angry, uh, but that was a pretty small percentage. But uh, overall, I thought it was. I thought it went pretty well. It was the first time we've tried an April Fool's joke. It was kind of funny. Um, mm-hmm. Glad that everybody kind of played along with us. Even people that figured it out. I think there were a couple people that figured it out early, but kind of just played along with it. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, uh, Brian. Brian Sims. Yeah, he's at Brian M. Sims. He said, April 1st, I don't believe anything. A Sith joke from at Ice Cold Penguin, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> so, and this wasn't just something that kind of popped into our heads. This is actually something we've talked about doing and doing mm-hmm. some sort of a another show where we would cover. Originally, the idea was Harry Potter, and then we kind of spun it out. Maybe it'd be more than just Harry Potter, but we had talked about doing another show that was on books, but not on Star Wars books. Um, so... It was based in a little bit of reality um, of an idea that we have, but um, never really took off. So now we have people asking, hey, at least do one episode. You know, so we actually we put a poll out to see if, uh, you know, how many people would actually be interested in us doing at least one episode of this, this uh, Harry Potter bookworms. And um, there are people that want to hear it. Yeah, it was 70 to 70 percent. Yes, please. To 30 percent. No, thanks. So. I'm saying we do it, even if it's just like a short serial of like 15 episodes where we do a book, we do a movie, do a book, do a movie, you know. Well, And plus, we could do it separate episodes where we analyze certain characters. I mean, there's so much that we could do with it. I say yes. <laughs> there's definitely potential there, something we could talk about further. But um, for now, it was just an April Fool's joke. Dang. Ugh. I was trying to like spur it into it actually becoming a reality. To get me, get me to, to commit to it on air? Yes. <laughs> we'll talk about it oh, off well. All right. Well, book clubs. So we've been really bad about the book club for the past like month or so. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We, we kind of just got busy and, um, you know, we didn't do anything for March. But it's just now the beginning of April. So it's time to start, you know, start getting back into it and pick a book. Um, I'm thinking we just pick one this time instead of trying to do the whole poll and vote or whatever and you know because we're kind of crunched for time. I agree. So, I think we have a consensus between you and I and Battlefront Battlefront Twilight Company. Yeah. Will be the book for April. Um which is good because I actually have not read it. Um I found my arc the other day, but I don't think I actually got this book from Del Rey like I was supposed to. Uh, so I don't have it. So I've talked with our goodies over at Delray, and I'm going to be getting one, but yeah, I don't have this. I think I have a copy, so yeah, I do. Yeah, you should check. Maybe you didn't get it, too. No, I actually do remember because I have, I have a copy, and I'm kind of in the same boat as you are as far as I haven't read it yet. This is one, uh, when it came out, you know, I just never got around to reading it. We weren't doing it for the book club. We weren't reviewing it on the show, so I didn't have a reason to, you know, read it yet. Um, so this is one, I might even do audiobook on this one just for time sake. Hmm. Yeah. That but, might be a good idea actually. So, yeah, but I think for the book club, um, it's been out long enough, um, and we probably will review it soon. So probably mm-hmm. not in our next episode, but maybe the episode after that. 
Um, so it would be a good time to go ahead and have the book club read it too. So yeah, April book, Twilight Company. So we've gotten a little bit of news. There's not, hasn't been a ton of news, but probably the biggest announcement came after the season finale of Star Wars Rebels. And maybe we can talk about that for a minute after we talk about this, but they announced from Disney Press there is another young adult novel coming, only this time it is going to be an Ahsoka novel. Yes. Which we pitched as a story idea on this very show, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a pretty common want among fans is that Ahsoka novel. I know we've gotten emails about it. We've said that we think it would be good. I'm sure it's something that's been in the works, you know, with um, with the different book companies trying to pitch ideas. But yeah, it's finally happening, which I think is awesome. It sounds like, I guess there was like a kind of a press release, but like Nerdist got the exclusive on this one. Right. And, um, I have it. Well, I have it right here. Okay. Yeah. Read, it's, maybe read a little bit of that. Yeah, it's from Disney and Lucasfilm Press. There's a great image showing Ahsoka, um, and not even in the same outfit that we've seen her in in Rebels. The outfit is actually different, which is pretty cool. It's like um, Filoni it's, art, right? Didn't he draw it? Yeah, yeah, it's Filoni art. Um, it's coming out on October 11th, 2016, and it says... Ahsoka Tano, fan favorite character from Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, will be the star of her own young adult novel from Disney Lucasfilm Press this October 11, 2016. Fans have long wondered what happened to Ahsoka after she left the Jedi Order near the end of The Clone Wars and before she reappeared as the mysterious rebel operative Fulcrum in Rebels. Finally, her story will begin to be told. Following her experiences with the Jedi and the devastation of Order 66, Ahsoka is unsure she can be a part of a larger whole ever again. But her desire to fight the evils of the Empire and protect those who need it will lead her right to Bail Organa and the Rebel Alliance. And so that's the main thing from the press release. But there's a quote from Dave, and he says, Ahsoka has a long history, and there is much more to it than the fans know. Um, I have always worked on her story, even parts that I know we will probably never see on screen. By broadening her story from the animated series to the written page, I feel we have a real opportunity to provide fans with details about her character that they would not know otherwise. We are also responding to the strong fan support that we have seen Ahsoka receive over the last eight years. The fans want more Ahsoka, and we are going to give it to you. And since I've been there since the beginning, I am dedicated to working with publishing to help make this book as authentic a part of her story as if we filmed it for the series. Acclaimed author and Star Wars fan E.K. Johnston has been tapped to pin the novel to bring Ahsoka's untold story to the legions of fans who demanded it. And he said, writing for Ahsoka is tremendously exciting. She has a blank spot in her story that I know a lot of fans, including myself, want to see filled in. And being able to help tell her story is a dream come true. So, so excited. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely top of my list as far as, you know, potential novel ideas. I know I was super excited about a Quinlan Voss novel, and I got that. And kind of the next thing down I wanted was an Ahsoka novel. So... It's almost like they're, they're reading listening. my minds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but but they I, are listening. I really do think they are. And I think that's why we're starting to get books that people actually want to read, which is awesome. And I'm not saying the Del Rey books are not books people want to read. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that there are some things that fans have asked for for a long time. And we're finally getting that because they have the ability to do that now, which I don't think they had before the buyout. 
Yeah, and it's interesting now because we have, you know, we have Del Rey, but now we have Disney Press. And it is interesting to see which books are going where and, um, you know, the fact that Disney Press isn't just doing kind of the smaller, you know, kid books. It's actually doing, like, Lost Stars was one of the most popular novels this past year, if not the most popular among fans. And, you know, it's a YA novel. And so, mm-hmm. but it's not like when you read the YA novel as compared to reading just a, a book from Del Rey, it's not like there's this huge difference in the way that it's written or, you know, I mean, there's definitely some differences, but you're still getting a similar experience. So yes, it is interesting that this one is Disney press and not Del Rey, but um, I'm actually not surprised because of the audience that really wants a story, even though they're a little bit older now. This type of story, I think, really fits into the YA scheme a lot more. Yeah, and Ahsoka as a character, especially at the time period this seems to be covering, um, is that kind of, that pro- protagonist, I think, that appeals to that the YA audience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, but I'm really excited. I mean, if Lost Stars is any indication, Disney Press can put out a really good book. So I'm, yeah. I'm really excited about this one. And it's coming out fast, you know, it's it's this year. It's not like they announced it and it's like, coming 2017. I mean, it's coming not that that long away. No, it comes out on my husband's birthday. Oh, well, there you go. Happy birthday, here's a book you're not going to read. Oh, you don't want to read it? All right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have some emails to get into, so let's jump into those. You want to read the first one? Yeah, we actually got a lot of emails, I think because of that, request that you made a few episodes ago now suddenly people are like oh yeah let's send them emails so we got a lot of emails i we're going to cover most of the emails we got this episode but i think there are a few more that came in kind of last minute that we'll we'll probably wait until next episode to cover are you cool Mm -hmm. with that yep all right okay so our first email is from florian and this email kind of went through sort of a circle because it actually got sent to the Star Wars report and then kind of got sent to us and then, you know, so it kind of went all over the place, but we have it now. So we're going to read it and there's a lot of content here. So I'm going to kind of skip around because there's a couple of emails that he sent us. So this is sort of Florian in a nutshell. <laughs> and so he said from the first one, dear Teresa and Aaron, First of all, please excuse any grammatical errors of mine since Galactic Basic is not my mother tongue. Because he's not from he's not from the US. Um, I don't think English is his first language. Um he said, I must say, I'm surprised that you two don't get that many emails. I thought I was the only lazy listener. To be honest, I've been thinking about writing you guys for quite some time now. Sorry that it took so long, but now finally I can give you guys some compliments. I enjoy Star Wars bookworms a lot. In fact, I find the podcast extremely pleasant. It makes me feel very relaxed. I even love the intro and always say I should have brought my lightsaber at the same time as the voice actor from the intro. But the really relaxing part starts with your voices. I know it's not like you chose them, but still great podcast voices. Thank you, Florian. I Sometimes I think I have a weird podcast voice. And sometimes I think I sound like a, a three-year-old chipmunk. But <laughs> I'm with you. I don't. I definitely don't think I have a good podcast voice. I've heard good podcast voices, and I don't feel like I have one of them, but at least Florian thinks so. Okay. <laughs> I'm always happy when a new episode is available, and I'm always sad when it's over. I listen to several different English Star Wars podcasts, but I never, I've never, i never written any of them. If you feel a bit spe- special now, then my plan was a success. All right. So that was from the first one, and um, 
just really nice guy. He calls himself Flo. So thanks, Flo. Florian is here on Bookworms. He knows where to email us. And we would love more emails from you. So send them our way. <laughs> and I was I was scrolling through his email stream here. And it does look like he clarifies it is his, says his fiance, who they've been together for eight years, and she is pregnant. Yeah, but now it's his wife. Right. So they've yeah. got married. Yeah, so they're okay, married so, now. But Okay, think... so yay for you having a daughter. <laughs> That's awesome. They're going to name her Amelia Ray, I think. I like it. Ray Yay. as in Ray Skywalker. That's but... amazing. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, don't you dare do that. Don't do that. You have no idea that that's even the case, and they are not related. <laughs> R-E-Y, yes. So congratulations, Florian. We're sorry about all the confusion with your emails, but um, hopefully that doesn't um, make you hesitate next time you send us an email. We will definitely uh, get to it a little bit faster this time. All right, so I think we're ready to move on to our next email, mm-hmm. and this is from Hector. Uh, he says... Hello, Aaron and Teresa. Just wanted to say hi and let you know that episode 53 with Pablo Hidalgo was fantastic. You guys asked Pablo the perfect questions, ones that he was able to answer without having to sidestep too much. I definitely learned a lot from his appearance. I also have a question for you. If you haven't done so, I might have missed an episode or two. Do you guys have plans to review and discuss the new canonical short stories that have appeared in Insider? The Rise of the Empire Collection and the few that were part of the Journey to the Star Wars of Force Awakens campaign. May the Force be with you, Hector. Mm. And, then he, and then he says, P.S., apparently he bumped into us at Celebration Anaheim. And I do remember he Hector. So, mm-hmm. yes. So, um, my answer well, to that question is, we know they're out there. I haven't actually, um, I don't have a ma- magazine subscription to Star Wars Insider, so I haven't read these stories. Um, we have a lot of content to cover with the books and comics so we haven't, you know, it's not like we feel the need to try to find other things to cover. Um, so no, one of them is in, no, we're going to do one of them, which is the aliens. That is those short stories that were part of journey to the force awakens. Uh, yes, because they did collect that into, you know, kind of a, a full, you know, novel-sized story. Right, which... so those for sure, but outside of that, I don't know. Yeah, the ones in Insider, and I hear they're great, um, and I think Del Rey um, is the ones that kind of handle that stuff. But, yeah, we right now we don't have any plans to cover them. Doesn't mean we won't ever. Maybe we will. Maybe if they collect a lot of those into to a book and publish it, that would make it more likely that we would cover them. Um, but, yeah, right now, no plans to, to cover those. All right, next up is from Joe. He says, Teresa and Arian, good Thursday evening. I've been in Orlando all this week watching my daughter play softball with her college team from Indiana. I would truly live down here. While we were while here, we went to Harry Potter Land and Universal. Hey, perfect timing. <laughs> the rest of the park did not do much for me, but the Harry Potter area was fabulous. And if the new Star Wars land is similar to this, I might not ever want to leave that park. Cannot wait to come back in 2018 for that trip. While I was watching games today, I had the opportunity to catch up on my podcast and was pleasantly surprised to hear you read my email and to say that I had gotten the second Force Awakens visual dictionary. Wow. In the last email I sent you, I say that I was a fan of the show and Teresa said I was not supposed to be a fan, just a listener. Well, how can I not be a fan now that you have decided to give me that book? Well, 
you're still not a fan, you're a listener. And by the way, um, we share this email account. And so sometimes Aaron reads emails and then doesn't flag them for me. And so I didn't see this until literally just a couple days ago. So I realized that you sent me this way back and um, actually on my birthday in March. So I'm going to get the book together and I'm going to get it sent out to you. But just so you know, it's not because I didn't send it. It's because I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the trials of sharing an email address. He continues. He says, now since you are being so nice to me, I might have to look into getting you that Ewok phone. (laughs) Thanks again. And I look forward to your next podcast, Joe. Um, well, thank you, Joe. And we will get the book sent out to you. Like, like, seriously, I just saw this email a couple of days ago. So just so you know, it's still yours. It's still coming to you. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, we're not the greatest on turnaround times when we do giveaways. Not always. <laughs> All right. So the next email is from Dante. He says, we meet again. I'm mildly tempted to see how Anchorman we can get with you reading emails, but I'll be good. So this is Dante. Um, who we ended up talking about, like his Easter decorations and his engagement story. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, emails with Dante, I think was a, a section we were going to add to the show. Mm-hmm. So he continues here. Side note, I like the perspective Aaron brought to Full of Sith on their Kanan episode, so thank you for that. Yeah, I was a guest on Full of Sith. Um, so yeah, if anybody wants to check out that conversation. Um... It goes on, I also appreciated your brief remarks about your intro quotations. I was curious about them. Is there a reason why you, why those were chosen specifically, or did Aaron just jump to a spot in different audiobooks and say, good enough? I'm in the middle of listening to the Thrawn trilogy now, and I noticed a couple of those are from the Dark, Dark Force Rising audiobook. Also, some mornings I find myself saying, let's go to work, and I wonder about where that is from. My wife and I got married. This is him telling the story because you asked, Teresa. Uh, yeah. My wife and I got married at a temple for our church in Draper, Utah. She is from that area, but we live in an undisclosed loca- location outside of D.C. No stalking, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> D.C. is closer to me, so. As for the photo print in the room, the entire story behind me getting that print is a story for another day. Don't ask, it's boring, and I wonder if that's why Maz Kanata said to, to Han. I got the print from Amazon a while back. It is by Felipe St. Lottie, and simply titled Japanese, if anyone is curious. That's Philippe, by the way. Philippe St. Lottie. I'm curious if you bookworms have reread any Star Wars books. For me, I have reread the Thrawn trilogy, the X-Wing series, and from the New Jedi Order series, I've reread Conquest and Star by Star. Bye-bye, Dante. So he kind of two questions. I've reread the Bane trilogy multiple times. Okay. Yeah, two questions in that email. Where did our intro come from? Why did we choose those audio clips? And have we reread stuff? So you said you reread the Bane trilogy? Mm-hmm. I'm not much of a rereader in general. When I read a book, I typically don't reread the entire book. Now I'll go back and reread portions of a book or even try to like hit up a Wikipedia article and kind of refresh my knowledge on certain events. But I don't typically reread. I'm trying to think if I've ever reread a Star Wars book. I've re-listened to Star Wars books on audiobook, but not in general I don't reread. So, but as far as the audio clips that we use for our intro, kind of what you said as far as me just being like good enough is kind of what happened. I think I've said before on the show I threw that together really quick. Um, so you're right about the audio clips being from Dark Force Rising. 
the way I got the clips is pulling back the curtain here. I actually don't even I actually don't know any of yeah, them. Yeah, I, I don't think we've talked about this, Teresa. I don't own those audiobooks that I got the clips from. I went to audible.com and just listened to some of the samples that they have for <laughs> audiobooks. Because <laughs> I was trying to throw an intro together really fast. And I had it in my mind I wanted stuff to be from um, from the Thrawn trilogy. So I went to Dark Force Rising and you know just kind of clipped on their samples that they had and found some quotes that I liked from it. So that's where, um, you know, this is the chimera, you know, launch the attack. That that comes from that audiobook. I think there's another one in there from that too. Um, even even men like Talon Card, something, occasionally make mistakes. Is that how it is? So yeah, those come from Dark Force Rising. I should have brought my lightsaber. Yeah, so the quote about, um, uh, let's go to work, you know, don't don't you let me get killed. And then I should have brought my lightsaber. I actually don't remember what book that's from, <laughs> but it's from a, I believe, Legacy of the Force novel with uh, Jaina Solo. So Jaina Solo is the one that says I should have brought my lightsaber. Oh, really? So, yeah. Which I, I really like Jaina Solo as a character. So I lo- I love Jaina Solo as a character. I wanted to get a quote from her. So that's. That was purposeful. That I found a quote from her. I oh, thought it was. I had no idea that was Jaina Solo. I thought it was a Luke quote. Nope, that's uh, that's Jaina Solo talking to a guy. I think he's. I can't remember the character she's with, but he's some kind of, you know, some dude that she's supposed to be taking care of as they're they're going to do something. Um, hence the "Don't let me get killed." So yeah, I don't remember exactly what book that's from, but the character is Jaina Solo. That says I should have brought my lightsaber in the sarcastic voice. Oh wow, I never knew any of this. Yeah, there's the the behind the scenes of where our intro came from. Now I feel like I need to update our intro. I'll leave it. It's good. All right, next email is from Matt. He says, "Hey guys, just curious if you guys win any awards from the podcast awards. What's in it for us? Make some free T-shirts. Happen as a giveaway. If not, I'd love to see Teresa tweet out a picture as Slate Blair or Aaron as Han Solo hiding a big thank you sign, holding a big thank you sign. Nerds can dream. <laughs> Keep on dreaming, I'm Matt. Gonna, I don't think either of us I'm are going to do gonna, that. No, no. <laughs> now, if you want me to dress up as like a bounty hunter or Sabine or Hera or Padme from Geonosis, I can do all that, but that's it. No, we appreciate if anyone voted for us in the podcast awards. If we do win an award, which I I don't think it's very likely, I think um, you know, there's a lot of great shows out there. I'd be very surprised if we won an award, but if we did, then we would do we would do something for the you know for people that voted for us to say thank you, but probably not pictures of us in cosplay. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for the email, anyways, Matt. Uh, Shane Martin is the next email here. Teresa and Aaron, love your guys' podcast. It's a nice and easygoing podcast, which is just my style. Couple questions. I might have missed it in the movie, but how does Rey know Kylo Ren wants to be as powerful as Darth Vader? Is this just a known fact, or does she read his mind? A little confused. Also, I have finally caught up on my podcast. I listen to wh- to which are Jedi Alliance, all RFR, all Coffee with Kenobi, Fangirls Going Rogue, It's a Trap, Assembly of Geeks, Hyperspace Theories, Jedi Journals Full of Sith, Marvel Movie News, Jay and Miles explained the X-Men, Orbital Path, and Serial. I was looking for one more from each of you to add to check out, and you guys think are good. Keep up the great work. 
Disney Vault Talk. Done. Yeah. <laughs> And Disney Vault, Talk, Rebel, Disney Vault Talk and Disney Vault Talk Rebel Yell. And just let me say this now. After you listen to them, you can come back here and just re-listen to this. You're welcome. So you're just pimping your own shows at this point. They're good. Like, they're actually, I like, they're I good. like listening back to them because they actually, I, I don't necessarily hear me. I just hear Steve and it just makes me laugh. Like, they're good quality shows. Yeah, um, they're great for people who don't even watch Disney movies because Roku Depot doesn't even watch Disney movies, and they love our show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he listens to so many podcasts. That is a lot of podcasts, and to add two more to your list, Shane is you know that that seems very daunting to me. Um, me personally, I do have another podcast that's not on your list. Um, Bad Wolf Radio is my Doctor Who podcast. If you're into Doctor Who at all, check that out. Uh, I would say, other than that. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts myself, but um, let's Lattes see. Lattes with Leia. So, <laughs> no, he listens to that because he listens to Coffee with Kumi. Uh, Star Wars Report is a good, yeah. good um, yeah, that'd be podcast a good that we, you... um, we're we in their network and we're friends with the host there. And uh, I really like listening to that one. And then a non-Star Wars podcast that I really like is The Nerdist. So eh. I know if you, you don't like it, Teresa. If you want to go non-mainstream, go Geek Out Loud or um, even like Assembly of Geeks. Which is they cover all geeky stuff. He said he listens to Assembly of Geeks. No, I missed but, it. Dang. No, but Geek Out Loud. Yeah, Geek Out Loud's great. But I like Nerdist. I know you don't, Teresa. But um, he does. That's a Chris Hardwick show, and he does a lot of interviews with um, you know, comedians, musicians, celebrities, and um, I find it entertaining. That's. Those are my picks. All right. So next up is from Chickafant. Our friend the chicken. They say, how do you Reebok the Ewok pirate and Jedi master Aaron quit Aaron Jin? Aaron Jin. <laughs> I like that name. I like Reebok the Ewok pirate. First off, thanks for answering my question about the character you would like to introduce to the world of Star Wars. Now that Teresa is involved in voice acting, maybe she can work the necessary creative forces to bring both of your characters to life. And if it does happen, I guess it would make sense to have Aaron voice his own character. <laughs> That way you can t- you two can work together on yet another Star Wars project. I also wanted to wish you well with the Star Wars Podcast Awards and with your Star Wars March Madness brackets. As for the awards, it was nice to hear you share your support for other shows. It makes sense that members of these different shows will interact with one another from time to time and even become friends. Uh, hopefully, no matter who wins, everyone can celebrate the greatness that is out there in the Star Wars Podcast universe when it comes to march madness there are some unfair matchups this year as there always seem to be if you have time on the next show could you share which characters you see in the final four and which one will take it all the way to the end is this the year that original trilogy characters can beat can get beat and one of the star wars force awakens characters can take home the prize thanks for continuing to share your star wars experience and thoughts about what's going on with and for the fans chick fan i actually need to get caught up on um, this is madness. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I have not been really keeping up with it this year. So I'm trying to pull it up right now just to see who's still in it. But my computer's yeah, taking I'm a long time. To, I'm attempting to do that myself. I don't think it's your computer. I think it's storage.com. Um, okay, right now it looks like Ray versus Luke. What are they down to? Uh, what What round are we in? It looks like we are 
uh, I don't know what round we're in. The The website this year is really kind of hard to, to figure out. So I just voted for Ray. And then it's Vader versus Kylo Ren. And I just voted for Kylo Ren. Um, is that the final four, you think? Sounds like it might be. It looks like, yeah, we're in the final four. So it's Luke and Vader and Ray and Kylo Ren. Honestly, the way it's looking right now, it's going to be Luke versus Vader because Luke is at 60% and Vader is at 75% and Ray is at 40 and Kylo Ren is at 25. So we're in the fate of four is what they're calling it. And I think it's going to, out of that, I think it's going to come down to Luke versus Vader. Yeah, I'm actually surprised Luke is doing so well because I know in previous years he's gone out pretty early. He, you know, he typically loses to somebody like Han or Obi Wan or Yoda on the light side. So yeah, to see him actually making all the way to the final and that he's beaten Ray, I did, I would have totally thought Ray would have beaten him just because of you know all the hype around the Force Awakens right now. So yeah, this is kind of surprising. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but to be fair, he was up against Hera for round one um which he beat hero which i just feel like that was not fair and then it was him versus han and he beat out he beat out han and so then it was young obi-wan or you mcgregor obi-wan versus luke and then he won that now how ray came to be it was yoda versus finn and yoda won Ahsoka versus BB-8, and Ahsoka won. And then out of that, Yoda versus Ahsoka, Yoda won that. And then Rey was up against Ezra, and Rey won. And Leia was up against Poe, and Leia won. And then Rey beat Leia. So Kylo Ren actually beat out Boba Fett to get to the Final Four. And then Vader beat out Maul to get to the Final Four. So a Vader-Luke finale. Mm-hmm. It's fitting. Um, I don't know who would win in that Vader. One. You think Vader's going to win? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think Vader's going to win. I, I will vote for Luke myself, but... Yeah. I will vote for Vader. <laughs> <laughs> of course you will. Of course you will. Um, just to offset yours. Can we ever just be on the same side? Fine, I'll vote for Luke. Jeez. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew there was still good in you. <laughs> I don't know about that. If you hear my commentary from um, Rebel Yell, that'll probably go up today about the Star Wars Rebel season finale. It got pretty dark on my side. Oh, no. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. Um, all right. We'll do one more email. We actually have a couple a couple more after that, but we'll save those for the next episode um, just for time. But this one is from Steven, and he says... I've just heard your latest podcast whilst I was doing some gardening. I thought I should quickly email in and add to the nine previous hello emails you got and see if I can get myself a mention. Well, there you go. Hi, Steven. You're mentioned. I've only listened to a few episodes as I only recently discovered your podcast whilst actually looking for a podcast that might cover Star Wars books. I struck gold. He uses the word whilst a lot, which I like because nobody ever uses that word. Yes, that's not me saying whilst. That's actually from his email. (laughs) Um, I'm a poor reader and always have been since I finished university and no longer was obligated to read pages and pages of books whilst my brain cried out in pain. These days I stick solely to articles, blogs, and magazines. If I can't finish it within an hour, it's just not going to, I'm just not going to start reading it. 
I think I've read one book of fiction in the last 20 years. Wow. In my defense, I'm dyslexic and find not only retaining information hard, but also processing it. As much as I enjoy reading what I do read, novels are beyond my capabilities, although I should look at the likes of Audible as a helping aid, I guess. Not done that yet. So I listen to you because in the time it takes me to struggle through a book, a new Star Wars film will have been filmed and released. You are like my audio nutshell guide to all the important moments in any Star Wars book, so I feel I'm not missing out on juicy information. Although I've only heard a few of your podcasts, I've appreciated being able to digest a book in less than an hour. Sometimes I've wanted you to give slightly longer and detailed summaries of plot points, but largely I feel I'm getting just the right info I deserve considering I'm spending no money on a book or your podcast. Anyhow, pleased to have found your podcast and for your efforts. Thanks, Stephen, somewhere in England. That's why he uses the word word whilst. I should have done it. it in an English accent, but... Um, yeah, that's, we've heard that from people in the past that they actually listen to our show and don't actually read the books. They just listen to our show to get the summary. So it's really flattering, actually. I'm glad that we can do that for you. Um, I, I agree. I don't, we, we probably don't get into as much detail for someone like you who hasn't read the novel. We kind of assume people have read it when we do our reviews, so we don't get into a lot of the nitty gritty. Uh, but there are a few of you out there that haven't, so... We'll see what we can do about that, but we'll probably keep doing the reviews the way we do them. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate you checking out our show. All right, well, let's get into the reviews here. We're doing two comic volumes today. Teresa read comic volumes. Can I say something really quick? Because everybody's going, oh, Teresa doesn't like comics. That's not true. I do like comics. I just am critical of comics. But... I loved both of these. Really? Yeah. <laughs> cool. I didn't. Yay. I wasn't sure how. Yeah, I figured you would like Kanan, but I'm kind of surprised you like Star Wars as much as you did. Well, I own all the Kanan comics. I have all of them, like actual hard copy, but I don't have these. But I had read Star Wars number one, like the very, like when it came out, and I had sort of forgotten about it. And then. As I was reading through, I actually got really pulled into this story and was just like, because we read these on Comixology, so I was like, click, 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 click. <laughs> do you do the guided view or do you just do it page by page? No, I do it page by page, but I okay. have it really big on my screen so I can see the whole thing. I kind of flip back and forth. I do. I usually like page by page the best, especially if I'm on my iPad. Um, but if I'm on my computer... Um, I actually like the guided view sometimes, so it depends. Well, it's hard to see the words on the yeah. computer unless you can make it big. Yeah, so let's just tackle them one at a time here. Okay, so the first one is Star Wars Volume 1, Skywalker Strikes. The writer was Jason Aaron. The artist was John Cassidy. Publisher from Marvel. Release date, October 6, 2015. The greatest space adventure of all returns to Marvel. Luke Skywalker and the ragtag rebels opposing the Galactic Empire are fresh off their biggest victory so far, the destruction of the massive Death Star. But the Empire's not toppled yet. Join Luke, Princess Leia, Han Solo, Chewbacca, C-3PO, R2-D2, and the rest of the Rebel Alliance as they fight for freedom against Darth Vader and his evil master, the Emperor. But when a rebel assault goes wrong, Han and Leia must think fast to make their escape while Luke comes face to face with 
Darth Vader. In the explosive aftermath, a humbled Luke returns to Tatooine to learn more about his mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Meanwhile, Leia and Han undertake a vital and dangerous secret mission, but can they succeed without Luke? Plus the menace of Boba Fett. This collects Star Wars 20, uh, 2015 series, Star Wars, numbers one through six. So this is actually the first Marvel comics that uh, were released. So it's kind of the first volume that came out. We reviewed, what did we review before this? Darth Vader, right? But there's definitely some overlap in this story and the Darth Vader story, which is kind of cool. But this is kind of weird. I know you had said you had already read issue one. I was kind of the same way. I read the first issue, and I think I read maybe the second issue. So going back and rereading it and have after after having read the Vader comics, I was starting to get a little confused. I was like, wait, is this right? Like, am I, did I already read these? I, I got a little confused about everything, but it all came together in the end. But this is kind of an interesting story because we've already gotten this recently in the Dark Horse comics. They kind of redid the Star Wars thing. And so this is like the canon version of things that we had already kind of seen before. So this is the real story, I guess you could say. So it's just a little bit interesting as you're starting to read these and kind of feeling like, oh, we're kind of retreading some ground that's already been covered. I don't know if you got that feeling at all. Well, it's fun because, like, with comics, I don't really, I don't know, I guess identify with, which I didn't really with the Darth Vader ones, if you remember. I sort of, I don't see the crossover because I kind of forgot about it. (laughs) So it was like absorbed, read, reviewed, lost it. So specifically so, for the Vader comics, you didn't you didn't like pick up on some of the scenes that we had already seen. No, like what was it? Like when Vader goes to Jabba's palace. That was like. Oh, a, I knew that seemed kind of familiar. Yeah, that was a big part. I just of, didn't know why. <laughs> I or, it seemed familiar, but I couldn't figure out why it was familiar. Like, and then in this in these comics, we get the Boba Fett chasing down Luke but in the Vader comics we actually get the conversations where Vader is like you know talking to Fett and giving him the orders to chase him down oh that's right okay see which is kind of cool this is something that's different with the Marvel with Marvel doing this Dark Horse always really kept their comic series separate you know you got Mm -hmm. a story and for the most part they didn't really cross paths with the other storylines that were going on in, in the Dark Horse comics but in Marvel they're really you know they're really trying to blend some of these stories together um, which can be kind of confusing, but it's also kind of cool at the same time. But it's it's more it's more your standard, the way that you know Marvel and DC do things when they have you know all these different storylines going on at the same time. A lot of a lot of times. What's that? I don't know. Maybe you didn't mean to say DC. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> Superhero comics, I guess, um, tend to do that. You know, they'll have storylines that cross over, and it almost forces you. You know, it's a marketing ploy because they're forcing you to read more than just one series so you can get the whole story i actually now that you brought it up and i know i didn't realize it which makes me feel kind of like a moof milker (laughs) nice nice reference (laughs) um but now that you brought it up i actually really like that that's kind of happening you know because it makes you want to read the other stuff so that way it feels more like a book if that makes sense Rather than just like a comic, because you know that some of my issues with comics are sort of like the having to 
wait for stories and things not feeling cohesive and like the art not feeling cohesive from cover to inside and all that stuff. Like those are some of my main issues. Now I don't have those issues with certain comics is like in the My Little Pony comics, you don't really have that problem. But uh, this makes it feel more like something that like I'm slowly getting into it, I guess, like with the new Marvel takeover of comics. I think I'm going to get into them more than I was getting into the Dark Horse comics. Which is good. That's saying something because it's moving me towards actually like not to where I would go buy them, but to where I enjoy it, where we where we buy them in the volumes, you know, in the trades. Yeah, that's that's saying a lot for me. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm excited then because I the comics have always been something that's been more my thing. So it's kind of cool to see that you're you know starting to get a little bit more interested in the way that Marvel's doing things. As opposed yeah. to maybe the way Dark Horse was doing things. So, so let's get into this one a little bit here. Um, you have in the show notes talking about Heir to the Jedi and Weapon of a Jedi. So, yeah, basically exactly. just the timing of things. Because I know with Star Wars, um, the Star Wars comic series, and then Heir to the Jedi and Weapon of a Jedi, all from different publishers. Um, but kind of covering similar time period, there were maybe some confusion about like when everything happened. I'm not 100% sure, but based on just my very short amount of research that I did trying to figure that out, I think Heir to the Jedi and Weapon of the Jedi have already happened in relation to what goes on in this comic. So what is Weapon of a Jedi is... Weapon the of the Jedi is the red short... Red and black covered one? Yeah, that's the, um, I think, Jason Fry uh, oh, junior right. novel. Okay, is those that were the the Han, Leia, Luke ones? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was just checking because there's so many the, the titles that sound familiar are getting me confused. Air of the Jedi, Weapon of the Jedi. I'm lost. Air of the Jedi, Weapon of the Jedi, have already happened. So he had his little relationship with that girl, and she died already. Oh right, before right, 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 right. what we see happens here. Now. I just want to say, and you actually put it in our show notes, but Leia is a sassy little person in this. She's like, kick his butt. You know, she's like, just kill him. I'm like, dang, girl, calm down. <laughs> she was all, like, just very vicious. Yeah, that's that kind of stood out to me, and um, I don't know really how I felt about it. I felt like her characterization was a little off. Like, if you're just going by canon, you know, where I'm not look, thinking about Legends at all. I'm just thinking about what's been in canon with Leia um, in the time period. You know, this this happens right after A New Hope. Um, and so everything we know about Leia from A New Hope, and then seeing her like this, it was like, whoa, like, you know, she's, she literally, like, punched a guy in the face, like, right within the first few pages of the issue. And I was like, oh, wow, like, I wasn't expecting that. And I guess they're really, they're trying to establish that into her character in canon, that, you know, she's not... You know, she's, we all knew she was kind of a kick-butt girl, but they're really put, they're really uh, pushing the point, I guess you could say. In the, yeah, in there's this line that she has once they're in the walker, and she says, there's Vader, let's ram this thing right down his throat. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, she definitely uh, does not like Vader at all, which makes sense, um, because he tortured her. Um, but... Mm -hmm. There was another scene where I guess Chewie was kind of up in the whatever and he had a sniper shot at Vader and Han was, you know, kind of level-headed and saying, hey, don't do that. Don't shoot him yet because you're just going to bring hell down on us. And Leia's like, 
take the shot. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't think logically in the moment. She's very emotional. Um, and, but see, that's not her character though. So you're saying she does, she typically doesn't react emotionally. Like she, she analyzes the situation and she tries to figure out what the best thing to do is to get the right outcome. She doesn't just act out of, you know, like just trying to like out of emotion, like you said, like that's not, that's not her character, in my opinion. Right. Now, did I have a problem with her being this way in the comic? No, because it actually made the comic more interesting to me. But it definitely is not her character. Like, movie character, anyway. Right, and I think maybe they're trying to show that when Vader is involved, she she gets more emotional. You know, there's some there's more meaning to him. You know, she wants him dead. She sees him as a figurehead of the Empire who has just destroyed her entire world, you know, and so she gets emotional, whereas in most cases she's level-headed, but when she's confronted with Vader, um, that, you know, it kind of breaks, it breaks her psyche a little bit. Do you think she sees Vader as somebody who destroyed her world? Because I think that's how she views Tarkin. I, she I don't definitely, know if that's how she views Vader. I, I think, you know, obviously Tarkin's the one that pulled the trigger on that, but Vader is, you know, he's very much a figurehead of the Empire, and, you know, she's had her run-ins with him already. So I do think that, although she may not see him as responsible for the destruction of her world, I do think she sees him as being involved. So, mm. And Tarkin's gone, so who, you know, who's left for her to be mad at? Vader. The Emperor, maybe? Yeah. She probably hates him, too. She'd probably tell Chewie to take him out, too. <laughs> So there's a lot of kind of interesting stuff in here. And I think the biggest thing for me was when Luke fights Vader because I was thinking to myself, Vader should be able to tell who he is. Like just his connection with the Force, he should already be able to tell who she is. And it sort of bothers me that that she – like there, or that, that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Where Because if Vader's supposed to be so strong in the Force, then why in the world – can he not feel that that's his son? I just don't, I, I don't buy it. It does seem a little odd. Um, I mean, I don't know how much, how much we're trying to base like what we know about the force and like what kind of powers it allows people to have, you know, like how much of that is kind of blurry because of stuff that we did, that we have read in the legends universe. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think back, like, when has, when in canon have we ever seen, like, the ability to kind of, you know, tell within the Force that somebody is, you know, either Force-sensitive or related to you or, you know, that might just be us putting our own ideas on the, on the material. We see, we see Vader do that because he's like, Obi-Wan Kenobi is here. And we see Kylo Ren go Han Solo, you know, like... If they can sense people, why can Luke not, or why can Vader not sense who Luke is? True. And, and because Luke is a force user, it almost seems like the way Vader is talking to him, it's just like, who is this guy that I'm about to kill? You know, it's, he doesn't even recognize him as the pilot that blew up the Death Star. He thinks that he could lead him to the pilot that blew up the Death Star, but he doesn't think it's the same person. Mm-hmm. So it is. You're right. I I I do agree with you. It is kind of odd that Vader wasn't able to pick up on that. Um, you know that there is some connection to this guy that's standing right in front of him. Right, and there were there was 
there was the scene with the lightsaber. And now eventually we get to a panel to where he says this lightsaber, you know, and then it gets like it gets knocked out of his hand or something happens. But before that panel happened, I was like, how do you not recognize that as being yours? How? If you are so strongly connected to the Force, how do you not recognize that he is using your lightsaber? It was bothering me so much because I was literally screaming at my computer going, how do you not get that? You are like so in tune to the Force, the way they talk about you. Like it was actually making me mad. And then there was the panel where he was like this lightsaber. And I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, even in the Clone Wars, it was established that, you know, which is canon, that there's a, a connection to your lightsaber through the Force, you know, through mm-hmm. the, the crystal and all that stuff. Um, it's not just a tool. You know, it's something you're connected to. And so, yeah, I agree with you. I think Vader, you know, when you have a character that's standing right in front of you holding your old lightsaber, that's something that he probably should have picked up on. Um, yeah. And I'm, to be honest, I like this this comic, but I had issues with different things they decided to do with it. And I do think the whole having Vader and Luke meet in this moment. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. Yeah, I just didn't like it. I felt like it was kind of, it almost felt like, hey, what would be cool to put in a comic book? You know, like, let's have Vader and Luke face off. You know, that'll blow people's minds, you know, as opposed to trying to tell a really good story. They were trying to pick even the whole Luke and Boba Fett facing off. That was another thing where I was like, oh, they really found a, an excuse to bring Boba Fett into this comic. But did we really need Boba Fett in this comic? See, I didn't have as much of a problem with that as I did with the Vader thing. I felt like the Vader thing was just sort of like a ploy to like get people to want to read it, you know. And I, I was like, well, the, does this take away from the the meaning of like them meeting for the first time in Empire Strikes Back? You know, because for me, I was like, how does this this kind of affects that? A little bit, and I didn't really like that. But I mean, overall, like it was entertaining, though. The whole scene between them and the art was gorgeous, and everything. It was it was very entertaining, and I enjoyed the story. But there was that piece of me that was like, "But this takes away from making that moment as big as it is an empire for me." A little bit. I mean, not permanently, for maybe like five minutes. Right. <laughs> you know, but I I can separate. I don't have to. I don't have to see it as one cohesive story. I can separate it in my mind. So. I'm not permanently damaged. Um, but I was just like, wow. I, I, just, I do think as they're, because the old like EU and Legends, you know, there was always that blurriness and like, is this canon, is it not? And so when they did a story that was kind of more off the wall or something, you kind of gave it a pass because you're just like, oh, that's fine. You know, it's just Legends or they, back then we just, you know, oh, it's just the EU, um, but it's not re- the real story. But now that they're really trying to sell all this stuff as, hey, this is all one cohesive story, you know, the comic means as much as the movie, then you, you know, there's a diff- there's a different level of responsibility, I think, where you're kind of wanting to see it be a little bit cleaner, a little bit more cohesive, you know, where they're really thinking through some of these story elements. Um, so when they throw in something like this, it is kind of like, oh man, like the old EU could have gotten away with that, but I feel like the the new stuff, maybe they should be a little bit more careful with, you know, these big epic meetings of characters. Yeah, I can see that. I just, I don't know. <laughs> but we did kind of mention Boba Fett. Um, what did you think about Boba Fett being in this comic? Uh, him 
it, he's got an interesting characterization, I think, in this comic, uh, different than what I used to think of Fett as. Um, like he's BA. He's, he's a bit more yeah. of a cold-blooded killer, um, yeah. assassin, as opposed to having any kind of conscience or honor, which is, I think, Ooh, the version of Fett that I, I'm used to. So much. But you, God, you seem to enjoy that. that so I love that. <laughs> Tell me your I thoughts. I love that because that's how they made Maul in Rebels, and I was like. Get it, boyfriend. We're not talking Get about it. Maul anymore. And Maul's not your boyfriend. Yes, he is. <laughs> Does he know this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's the same kind of thing. Like that ruthlessness, that that cunningness, that get the job done no matter what it costs you kind of thing. Like that's what I love in my dark side users. Bane has it. He's my other boyfriend. And then Maul and then Boba Fett. <laughs> no, but the first time I saw him show up in this comment, like – that panel where they show him, you know, I was like, ooh, next. <laughs> Fet for Fet, you felt that way? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I was like, yeah, next. <laughs> so See, I like, I love right at the end of like issue four or five or something. It was great. Like, you know, I like Boba Fett as a character. I, I tend to defend yeah. him. There's a lot of people out there that don't like Fett. I tend to like the character, defend him, but you're I. You're a pro Fett. I usually am. The version of Fett I'm getting now in these comics, I'm not as much of a fan. You know, I don't to see him kind of be and it wasn't even like you're saying, oh, he just gets the job done kind of I like that, that's fine, but when he's killing characters for no reason, like when he interrogates that young kid or whatever, and then he just like snaps his neck. Or sh I forget how he killed him, but he basically he just shot him. Yeah, he just shot him. It's like I don't know. I feel like they're almost trying to say, hey, the old, you know, our Legends Fett, that's not canon Fett. You know, Legends Fett had honor. He was kind of more of a gray character. You know, he wasn't light side. He wasn't dark side. He was kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, but now they're really trying to establish him as a bad guy, which I don't necessarily like as much. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if that's the voice they'll continue. Like, this is just one story. Maybe other authors will write him differently. But if this is the Fett we're getting... And he's still like he did. You say he was badass. He he lost to a blind, you know, Luke Skywalker, which was kind of lame. Well, no, but no, it's not lame. It's like Kanan in Star Wars Rebels. But sometimes, Kanan... no, no, no. Listen, <laughs> sometimes your feelings and you know, like you're actually no. I'm sorry. Sometimes your eyes deceive you, and if you're using the Force, it's like when you have the blast shield down. It's easier for you to interpret and use the Force. And to be one with the Force when you don't have your other senses getting in the way, which is kind of what happened with Luke, and it's what what is that happened with Kanan. But Luke is a lot, you know, earlier on in his training, uh, to, and in the end, yeah, he but actually... he's already, but he's gone through the movie where he's experienced that whole not relying on, you know, relying on your sensors and all that stuff, and he had the training with the. With the, the little ball thing, you know, with his blaster down. And he, he's he's getting it, you know. And sure, it wasn't perfect, but, like, that's why Boba Fett got beat by him. Well, and in the end, he actually, he had kind of bested Luke. But then I think it was R2-D2 that threw a box into his head or something and knocked him out. Yeah. Which I thought was, like, I've R2-D2, I've seen, you know, he's got the little arm that pops out and he can shoot people with electricity. But to actually wield, like, a box and throw it hard enough to, like, knock out somebody who's wearing a helmet... That was a little bit like, really? Were you like, R2's not Chopper. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. The whole Luke Fett thing for me, eh, you know, I don't know if I needed to see that. It it seemed a little, 
to me, I felt like that was just as much, hey, let's have these two characters face off because people will buy the issue if we put Boba Fett on the cover as anything else. Oh, see, I enjoyed it. But, yeah. I think I enjoyed this more than you did because I'm not being as critical. I was just enjoying the story. I think you, I think you definitely liked this more than I did. Um, and I did like this comic overall, but um, there were elements that were kind of like, all right, they're setting some standards that I'm not sure I'm okay with. But I'll roll with it. You know, that's what I do when it comes to canon. You just got to roll with it. I'm not writing the stories. I'm just reading them. So, but the big thing, I guess the, and this maybe could be the last thing we talk about, um, because just for time's sake and we can move on to Kanan, but, um, we get this other character who's introduced who is also hunting down or she is hunting down Han. Oh yeah. I was like, what is this nonsense? (laughs) So yeah, it's interesting, uh, unexpected, I guess you could say we have a character who, has a previous relationship with Han, who at this point we don't really know the details of. Now, I'm not reading ahead in the comics. I know a lot more issues have been released, but we're only going up through issue six with this. So I don't really know where this goes, but apparently Han has a uh, a previous relationship, um, and her He's name is married. actually Solo. So she she was married to him in some way. I vaguely remember this being something people were talking about online when it got released, and I was like, well, I guess I'll read it eventually. Yeah, I do remember actually having a conversation with you about this when it when the issue came out and it was all this big news, um, and you were like, I don't really want to know. I'll read it eventually. And I was like, oh, but it's kind of this cool thing. And you're like, don't tell me. <laughs> yeah, I I literally was like, what is this? And I was like, well, she's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, and I think, you know, like like I said, we're, this is only up to issue six. I know a lot more, you know, we're only doing them one volume at a time in our reviews. So I know other issues have been released. So a lot of people that are listening to this might already know kind of how all this pans out. But for me, I'm really curious to see where this story goes with, you know, this character who obviously has some kind of past with Han that we're unaware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and she seems kind of, you know, kind of cutthroat herself. You know, she was taking out those Rodians, not killing them, but basically maiming them, um, almost for entertainment sake. I don't know. Overall, I don't know. Thoughts? I liked her, although but, I did like Leia's reaction. Like, what? Right. Yeah, I liked uh, when Han takes Leia to that planet, and it's like all beautiful, and he he breaks out some wine that he had stashed that there. Was, that was and cute. she's like, nope. <laughs> she throws it back in his face. Like, I what are you good. doing? Don't try and romance me, you scoundrel. Yeah, they're still they're they're not at the uh, Empire Strikes Back, you know, version of their relationship yet. They're still very contentious, which I find very entertaining. I love that. So, overall thoughts, it sounds like you really like this one. I actually really did. I really enjoyed the story. I thought it was good. Yeah, I found it entertaining myself. Um, you know, I've, I kind of talked about the issues I had with it, but overall, I really, I did enjoy it. I, I, I like the art, but not as much as I like some of the the art in the other series that they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like it, and yeah, I'm just excited to read more. There's a lot. Of, there are a lot of comics coming out, and they keep announcing. It seems like they keep announcing new series, so it's a lot to keep up with. But um, yeah, I, I like where they're going with this. All right, well, let's jump into Kanan now. So this is Star Wars Kanan Volume 1, The Last Padawan. The writer is Greg Wiseman. Woo, woo, woo. (laughs) (laughs) 
Ooh. Artist is Pepe Laraz. Publisher is Marvel. And it came out as volume one on November 3rd, 2015. In Star Wars Rebels, Kanan Jarrus is a cocky, sarcastic renegade fighting the Galactic Empire alongside... Alongside... <laughs> alongside the ragtag crew of the Ghost. But years before, during the Clone Wars, he was known as Caleb Doom, a Jedi Padawan training under Master Depa Bilaba. Neither Master nor Apprentice ever suspected that their loyal clone troopers would turn on them upon the issuing of Order 66. The Emperor's directive to execute... Oh my gosh. Directive. Directive? You said it right. No, I know. (laughs) But uh, directive... Wally. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I just saw Wally. So I'm like, that word, it just triggered it in my brain. To execute all Jedi. How did Caleb Doom escape the Jedi purge? How did he learn to survive on his own after his master fell? And how did he become the man we know as Kanan Jarrus? What can a Padawan do when being a Jedi makes him a target? Join young Caleb for a tale that bridges the years between the Clone Wars and Rebels. And this collects Kanan the Last Padawan, issues number one through six. Yes. And we will be just talking about issues one through six. I've actually read beyond that. I think this is the one series I'm almost caught up on. Yeah, well, I own them all, so. Okay. So we'll be discussing it from the perspective of what happened in the first six issues and not jumping into other things that are coming. So if if people have read ahead and know details that we're not talking about, that's why we're not talking about them because we're assuming that you're just, you know, the people that people don't want to be spoiled beyond issue six. So we're not going to do it. But one of the big things for this series for me is the art. I think it's so far out of the different Marvel series that I've read. This is the one that really sticks out to me is I really love the artwork. Yeah, I would agree. The artwork in this one is stunning. And just some, there's just certain scenes. I like um, some that pop out to me are when Caleb and uh, his master are training, or not really training, but kind of they're doing the different lightsaber forms as she's talking to him, and just mm-hmm. the the way that they show that and the the scenic background as they're kind of doing the forms. I, I don't know. I just thought it was really awesome. I was like, oh, that would look really cool as an art piece hanging on my wall. Yeah, overall, this is just a really, really good comic. It's told really well. It reads fast because you get a lot of Kanan's thoughts and little short thought bubbles rather than having to read like a ton of dialogue, which I love that. Yeah, this one is a, a lot is a faster read, I think, than the Star Wars one we read. Um, it has a lot more visual and less dialogue, which uh, is actually how I prefer my comics too. But I liked how it started out with, you know, we get like kind of modern day, you know, he's with the crew of the ghost, so we get to see the crew, the entire crew, it's not just Kanan, um, you know, so we get to see them in a different art style, you know, we're used to seeing them in the, the animated series, and to see them kind of in the comic look is kind of cool, but, you know, we get to see them at the beginning, and then the comic series is more, more um, Kanan remembering back to what happened because they're visiting the planet that he had already been to the planet where his master was killed. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a a cool way to start it out. I thought it was, um, there was one thing I wanted to point out because, and I don't even know if this is purposeful reference, but it seemed to be a reference to the, uh, the novel, the novel Shatterpoint, which is the legends, uh, Mace Windu novel. 
because hmm. uh, Deepa, she actually played a major part in that novel and kind of her story was that she she basically went crazy and at the end of the novel she you know she's pretty much gone crazy she's in the Jedi temple and not really part of the the council or anything anymore because she's gone crazy the Jedi have taken custody of her and are now she's like in a medical facility in the Jedi temple um, and that was her legend story so now that she's being used as Kanan's master um, obviously they're going a whole different direction with the character. But in the comic, you have the whatever general who kind of is surprised to see her. And he's like, oh, I thought she, I thought she was uh, unstable and, and all this. And he didn't think she would be as effective. So I thought that was maybe a sly nod to that storyline of hers or maybe just a coincidence. Only you would pick up on something like, uh-oh, the two of us, because I haven't read that. <laughs> it's a good novel. So... You know, well, there's a lot of good novels in the EU. <laughs> you haven't read Shatterpoint? No. Uh, Why would I? I'm, you, I'm not even close to there in my reading. Well, if you're looking for one of the Legends novels to read, that's one I would definitely recommend. It's a, it's a really good one. But you okay. don't like Mace Windu that much, so maybe you wouldn't like it. I don't like him anymore. He's I did. He's cool in this book. Hmm? He's pretty cool in this book. There's no way to go back from what he did in the Clone Wars. Like, I'm sorry. There's just no way for that opinion to ever change, ever. Like, they ruined him. <laughs> well, he's dead now, so. Well, good riddance. Oh, man. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really liked him, which makes it really depressing. So we kind of get an idea of where Kanan come up, came up with his name, too, a little bit. He sort of took... The, his sort of mentor and only friend that he had, Janus Casimir, and sort of came up with Kanan Jarrus. Yeah, I think, um, and I think they actually get pretty specific with that in the later issues as far as how he came up with the name. But yeah, when, as soon as you see his, his friend's name, Janus Casimir, you're like, oh, okay. It, you kind of connect the dots. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think it, you know, it was really good getting to see his story when he was younger. But I think the better part of it was getting to see uh, once he was like kind of like snapped back to reality and was on Caller with the crew of the ghost and sort of re, I guess, like revisiting his past was more interesting to me. Hmm. Okay. And that happens, that doesn't happen within the first six issues, right? Yes, does it does. It? It's okay. an issue like five and six or issue oh, okay. six. Yeah, I'm like, because I've read ahead, like I'm trying to remember where the line is where issue six ends. So I'm trying to be careful not to talk ahead, but. Um, issue six ends with him, he gets hit in the head and he's like, I hate this planet. <laughs> Like he he goes and he he tries to find Janus Casimir and ends up finding that other guy that kind of looks like him, like Tech Suda or whatever his name is, and then he defeats him and then he talks to the governor, who was like your friends could use you know, like your friend of you know I'm a friend of your enemy or whatever you know that whole saying like mm -hmm. the enemy of the friend or the enemy of my <laughs> enemy is my friend or yeah whatever yep. and so he talks to that guy and then he gets hit in the head oh okay 
And I guess one of the things that we see in the show Rebels is uh, the fact that Kanan has a holocron. Mm-hmm. And Ezra uses the holocron. Um, I think we see at one point even um, Ahsoka uses the holocron. Am I right? I don't remember. Maybe. Uh, but we definitely see that he has one, but we don't really know, you know, why or how he had it. But so the comic, this comic series shows that, you know, she actually gives him the holocron um, right before the Order sixty six goes down. So we know how Kanan got that, um, mm-hmm. and that was pretty pretty intense, really, to watch or to read the the part where Order Order sixty six happens because the way they really set it up is, you know, Kanan or Caleb at the time. And Deepa are just kind of hanging out with the clones, you know. They're talking around a fire, telling stories, kind of thing. And then Order sixty six goes down, and those clones just turned on them, you know. And it was bad, you know. Seeing it in the movies and stuff, it was it was like pretty heart wrenching. But you're seeing a lot of of clones that you're not really familiar with, you know. Turn on whoever, you know, Kaidi Mundi or whoever. They turn on them and. But to see it in a comic where, like, you actually see the relationship there, you see them with their helmets off, they're talking to, you know, they're kind of joking around with Caleb, like he's their little brother almost, mm-hmm. and then just, boom, they just turn around and, and attack, you know, they just want to kill him, and it's it's pretty sad. Yeah, no, it, it made it a lot more real. I mean, Order 66 was already real, but, like, even more so when you see just how friendly they were, how much they really did trust each other. And it's also in this one that you kind of see the the clones try to come to grips because Caleb's like, but you trusted my master, you know, look deep inside of yourself. Like, you know, it's true. And they, one of them really does start remembering like, hey, you know, we just did what we were told. We didn't even think about it. You know, we're just acting like mindless automatons. Right. And we see like how, yeah, exactly how whatever that chip, because we know from the Clone Wars that, you know, there was some kind of a chip implanted in all of their heads. You know, so it really does just take total control. And I think it seems like the only clones that were able to kind of not be affected were the ones that went in and took it out of their own heads, which are the ones we see in Rebels. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's really sad because, you know, it's these characters, it does, it's not even their own actions, really. They, you know, they're not responsible for because they really can't help it, it seems like. Seems that way. And it seems to be a lasting thing. It's not just, um, you know, in the moment, like Order 66 happened and then they all turned on the Jedi and killed him and then, you know, it kind of faded away. Like they, for a very long time, are still chasing him, you know, chasing him. And every time they get the chance, they want to kill him, you know, so it's like a, it's a lasting effect that whatever that chip in their head is having, that anytime they see a Jedi, they're, they're going to kill him. Kind of makes you a little bit sad. I don't know. I think the comic gets better as we move forward, though, for sure. Because the first six are really just setting up the story. Yeah. But it's a good setup. I mean, you learn a lot about, like, how Kanan becomes him, becomes Kanan. Yeah, and he kind of has some uh, Ezra-like background. Mm -hmm. You know, he's on his own a lot, you know, especially right after it happened. You know, he's kind of a bit of a, you know, to use the, the street rat term. You know, he's... He's a street rat, I guess, in a way. You know, he's fending for himself. He has no one to rely on. You know, a lot of the same things that Ezra went through. So it probably makes sense now why Kanan is able to relate with Ezra because he kind of went through, probably not as long as Ezra went through it, but he went through kind of the same time in his life where he was relying only on himself. 
Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of a cool parallel. Um, what did you think about his friend who he ends up kind of partnering with Janus Casimir as a character? Um, I liked it. I was kind of sad when he sort of just was like, no, I'm not going to hang out with you anymore. Goodbye. I was like, but he's your friend. Why are you abandoning your friend? They kind of went back and forth too, you know, because he meets him and then I guess, and I'm trying to even remember how many times this happened, but Janus is kind of like, hey, why don't you join me? And and at this time, Caleb's still seeing himself as a Jedi. You know, he's like, no, I can't join you. You're a criminal. You know, mm-hmm. like, I have no interest in joining you. And so he goes off and does his own thing. Then he ends up stealing Janus's ship for a while and goes to Coruscant, um, you know, to kind of follow that message, like, hey, come back to Coruscant if anything goes wrong, but finds out it's a trap, you know. Um, it's a trap. It's a trap. And so he comes back. And then, you know, you would think, you know, he stole this guy's ship. That would solidify them as being enemies. But no, that, you know, Janus at that, he kind of offers again, like, hey, join me. And it finally ends up joining him, you know, and they have like this partnership. But um, it is pretty interesting to see, you know, that Kanan did lead a life of crime, at least for a little while, um, you know, kind of working with this guy. Yeah. The only thing I would say about this character that I didn't like, and even just the species in general, is their the design. I think it's a little odd. You know, I don't. It's kind of a weird, really weird looking alien. Um, that's kind of you know I don't I don't know. For me, I just didn't like the design that much. But other than that, the character itself, himself, um, and kind of his personality and stuff, I I did enjoy. He's pretty pretty funny. I like. I actually liked him a lot. And then there was that other criminal character that Kanan apparently had some interactions with when he was a Jedi. And that's kind of... Like uh, Jondo or General Cleave? Yeah, yeah. I was all trying to figure out who he is. He was the general right at the beginning of the comic who they're fighting against when him him and Deepa and the clones are part of that, you know, whatever on that planet. When they first mm-hmm. come to the planet, um, they're they're kind of t- trying to take out the Confederacy at the time. General Cleave was the leader of the Confederacy on that planet, and so okay. he. But once he's defeated, he went into hiding. And I guess became a you know became this John Doe character. So that's that's where Kanan remembered him from. Got it. <laughs> well, overall, I mean, I like this one a lot. It was probably the one comic that I was really looking forward to when they were all announced. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is the one I think, you know, right now I'd say this is my favorite of the Marvel comics, but I, to be fair, I haven't read, you know, other ones that are coming out like the Chewbacca series. I haven't gotten into Lando, um, you know, even the Leia series. I've only read the first couple issues. So, you know, the, I might change my mind, but for now, between the you know between Star Wars, Darth Vader, and this, which are the three that I have been reading, um, this is my favorite. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I'm really curious to see where it goes. Um, you know, my one big thing for me is I want to know where where Kane got that that logo thing on his shoulder. Oh yeah. I kind of want to know where that comes from. What does that mean? You know, is it, you know, a group that he was with that uses that logo? Is that his own thing? Like, yeah, I'm kind of, I hope the comics reveal that. I'm sure they will, but haven't you read them all? 
Now I'm a couple issues behind, so I think I'm I'm up to like issue eleven. I think there have been thirteen issues mm-hmm. that have been released. So that's it, though. It's yeah. done. Is that it? Yeah. Oh wow! So it's okay. I don't think I knew that. So they're ending it. At, so maybe did they end it at twelve? Uh, it might have been. I just got the last one. Uh, my mom's been getting them for me. Um, I think it was 12. Okay, that would make sense. Two volumes. Um, oh, yeah, so maybe they don't. Maybe they never reveal that. Huh? We'll see. But, yeah, so I'm excited to read the next volume, and then that'll be it, I guess. And um, that'll be kind of sad because this is, a, this is a really good series. I was kind of hoping this would just be an ongoing. No, it wasn't. I don't think any of them are supposed to be ongoing except for maybe the Star Wars one. Maybe Star Wars, yeah. All right. Well, was there anything else in the in this comic that you wanted to bring up before we wrap up the show? Mm, maybe just that that one guy calls Kanan's lightsaber a lightsaber sword. Yeah, he did. At one point, he called it a lightsaber, which is a, a common... I think that was kind of put in there probably as, you know, us as Star Wars fans, whenever we hear somebody say something like lightsaber or Dark Vader, you know? Or a lifesaver. And we all kind of groan, like, ugh. That's, I think they purposely threw that in there, kind of as a nod to that, you know, the common mispronunciation of lightsaber <laughs> for people that have never watched Star Wars. Isn't sure. that the movie where they have those lifesavers? Those laser sword things? <laughs> or is that Star Trek? <laughs> All right, well, on our next episode, we're going to be reviewing Servants of the Empire, the last two books of the Servants of the Empire series. And until then, you can find us on Twitter. We are at SW Bookworms, and you can email us, starwarsbookworms at gmail.com. And you can also like us on Facebook for all the latest updates of Star Wars books and comics news. Um, If you haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, we'd love for you to do that. Head over to iTunes if you enjoy our show. Um, and leave us a nice five-star review. You can find Teresa on Twitter and Instagram at IceColdPenguin. You can find me at AVGoins. Yep, so until next time, keep on reading, and may the Force be with you.